Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Today, we get a chance to hear from Jen Drummond. Um, Jen is a world record holder. She's a mother of seven. She's a successful uh, businesswoman. And um, in 2018, she survived what should have been a life-ending car accident. And um, since then, she has just, uh, just her perspective has really changed. And she just is now able to share with us her view of how valuable and how precious every day is. And um, she's just an inspiration to talk to. She's got many stories, mini stories within this episode that she shares that really um, kind of show us how she got from adversity to abundance. Um, the car accident was just one. It's certainly a major one, but um, she has a book coming out in January, uh, which is called Quit Proof. And, um, you know, she's just figured out how to make herself the best version of herself in order to have really international impact. Um, and it, this is, this is a great, great episode. She's, she's very well-spoken, um, very good with relaying true stories and about, about how to, you know, about overcoming adversity and getting to abundance. It's a very inspirational episode, but yet, yet very practical as well. This is not one you are going to want to miss. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. All right, here's the deal. You work hard for your money. Isn't it about time you put your money to work for you? If you are an accredited investor, check out labradorlending.com. Our Integrity Income Fund provides monthly cash flow from an investment backed by hard physical real estate. Our Income Fund, which is uncorrelated to publicly traded stocks and bonds, invests in first lien mortgage notes diversified by geography, property value and borrower type. So you're not investing in one project. You're investing in a diversified portfolio of first lien mortgage notes. Our integrity income fund aims to pay its investors monthly distributions at a preferred rate of return of 8% annually. Possibly the best part though, the fund showcases a short 12 month commitment. So you can invest your capital today and have access to that capital in one year. Check it out today, labradorlending.com. 
Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I am thrilled today to have with us Jen Drummond. Jen, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, it's actually, I'm in Maryland. It's a uh, beautiful weather. Finally, fall is right around the corner. So I'm I'm excited. What's the weather like for you? Yeah, we are in like fall right now. So it's these yeah. cold mornings and it warms up a little bit in the afternoon and returns to cool off. It's kind of my favorite season. Absolutely. You kind of get all four seasons in 24 hours. One day. And, yes, exactly. Yeah. So for the listener out there, Jen, you're a motivational keynote speaker, a world record holder, an author. Uh, we just talked about that. We'll get into that more in a bit. You have your book coming out in January 2024, and you're a podcast host as well. Um, give the listener a little bit more context. Um, you know, who are you and what are you up to today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am a mom of seven. I just set a world record in mountaineering, which was a big deal. I own a business in the financial service industry that white labels a platform for institutions. And right now I'm just doing the best I can to live my best life. So you don't have anything going on. Got no, it. it's pretty boring over here. <laughs> it's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. I, I am the oldest of seven kids and I have no idea how my mom did it. So um, how both my parents did it, but particularly my mom, if I'm being honest, right? Um, right. Yeah. So. Man, that is a lot to unpack. I, I can't wait to get into into later on in the show more of what you're up to today. Um, but before we get there, let's jump back into your backstory. I know um, you know you had you've had some serious adversity that you've dealt with, and just to just to set the stage a little bit for for our listener, you know, entrepreneur, budding entrepreneur out there, um, the intent of this show is to inspire people and to let people know that. We all go through hard times and life is not always rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and there will be adversity in this life, um, whether we whether it's through our own doing or not. Um, but it's really a matter of how do we respond to that adversity and mm -hmm. get to quote unquote abundance. We don't pretend that we're never going to have a hard day again, right? But um, the fact is, if we can listen to your story, Jen, and learn from your story about how you were able to overcome some real serious adversity, that can inspire the rest of us to do the same uh, in our own, the, the version uh, of our own uh, story, if you will. So let's let's jump back. Where do you want to start? Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a middle-class family in Michigan. Um, I remember at a young age that maybe the only time I heard my parents fight was over money. So mm. I was diehard determined to not have finance be a problem in my life. So yeah. I went into finance, right? Like, I'm like, I'm going to learn money. I'm going to master money. I'm going to make money. Like money's not going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think like many of us who have money as the pursuit, you make up this number in your head and then all of a sudden you hit that number and you expect it to feel different than what it does. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, then I'll double that down. So then you double down that number and you're yeah. like, well, I'm going to double it again. And then at some point you realize like this strategy isn't working. Yeah, like this playing, is playing the wrong game, right? Playing <laughs> the wrong game a thousand percent. Um, and so I realized, okay, happiness is an inside game. And this like doubling down, isn't going to do anything except make me crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So I got lucky, I guess, in that standpoint where I was unlucky at a younger age is, you know, you're born female and I feel like I was like I should be able to have kids, no problem, right? Like how many years do we spend trying not to have kids? And then when you try to have kids, you're like, wait a minute, this is a problem. <laughs> and right. I just lived with a lot of shame and guilt. Like, mm. why can't I have babies naturally? What's going on? Why is my body not working? It's the one thing it's designed to do. And mm. so then I um, got fertility assistance. Mm. None of that worked for a while. Until all of a sudden, one day they came up with a magic chemical cocktail that <laughs> turned me into a hen <laughs> and they got a whole bunch of eggs, which then became a whole bunch of embryos, which then became seven children. So speaking of abundance, wow. um, yeah, I believed that embryos were life. I had a choice to either use them, donate them or destroy them. Um, I didn't want to donate them and wonder if I had a little human running around somewhere the rest of my life. 
It took yeah. me so long to get my first child that destroying embryos felt like, no, this is not good karma. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said I'd get three or four and seven children later, we are out of embryos. <laughs> wow. That is wild. Yeah. That is a <laughs> adversity to abundance story right there for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, man, that is so, okay. So, you know, give us some, a little bit more context as to, you know, when this was and, and what, yeah, what yeah, your yeah. life was before and after, what did, what did things look like? Right. So, you know, I took this course in college that was the last one available because I was trying to graduate and it was called Healing, Dying and Thriving. And okay. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the worst course ever. And it ended up being <laughs> my favorite course of college um, because we got to interview people that were in hospice and talk to them about like, okay, what would you do differently in life? Or now that you're at the end, like, where are you at? And I would say the overwhelming response that I got from the people that I interviewed was just do you honey like just Mm. do you the Mm -hmm. world's going to try to get you to do a thousand different versions of what they think it should be you Mm -hmm. need to shut that all out and just be authentic to yourself Mm. um love that yeah I do I love it and so I started a career in finance did really well with it started having the kids I hired myself out of a job in finance I started being a full-time mom um, I moved the kids to Park City, Utah in 2015 because we wanted an outdoor lifestyle and just spending more time um, year round outside with activities to do. Right now, my children are age 16 to 10. So I'm in the massive teens and tweens. Mm. It's been busy, yeah. but it was interesting. I was doing the mom thing because that was like what I should want to do in air quotes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't fulfilled at a level that I thought it would bring. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as your kids get older, they start being in school. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there waiting for them to come home. Right. Like, I, I'm like, sure. I don't think, I, you know, and so then a car accident happened. Like, I feel like the world was whispering to me, like, Hey, there's more, there's other things you can do, but I wasn't really listening or paying attention. And then I got into a horrific car crash in 2018 um, that should have taken my life and didn't. And that actually really opened me up to life because right after the accident, maybe three or four weeks later, a girlfriend of mine was running on a trail and it was wet out. She slipped, hit her head on a rock and never came home. So I have this sequence of events of her crazy death, my crazy like life, like how did I live and she not and you know, all that stuff. And I finally came to the term that we do not get to choose when we die, Hmm. but we sure get to choose how we live. And every day we have a choice and how we're living. And that, yeah. So my year of 2019 was why am I alive? What am I here for? What excites me? Who's Jen Drummond? Right. Like what's right. my, who purpose? am I? Right. Who what's, am I? What's my, you know, identity? and I didn't even know, like, I, like we, people would ask me like, what do you want for dinner? I was so used to eating leftover chicken nuggets on someone else's plate. Like, I don't know. I'd never even thought about what I want for dinner. I don't even sure. know what my favorite color is anymore. I have no yeah. clue who I am because I lost my identity in this role that I was playing. That's only one facet of who I am as an individual. Sure. Right. And it's, and it's somewhat of a temporary, not that you're not always a mom, but no, it is temporary. You know, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it not evolves. Gonna, yeah, absolutely. It evolves. Yeah. So set set the stage with regard to the accident a little bit. I'm not sure how how you know how much you want to go into that, but but um, you know, I know it was a very serious accident. So if you don't mind just kind of what happened and and how did you come out of that situation and a little little bit more context for us. Yeah, for sure. So I was, I mean, this is like to get into the real nitty-gritty details. I was yeah. driving to a nearby town to get a new driver's license because I had lost my driver's license while skiing. And on the way to this town, a song came on the radio and I had done like a meditation retreat two months mm-hmm. prior. And in that meditation retreat, there was a song that played. I'm like, man, if this song, if I die, I want this song to play at my funeral. Like this song is just so significant to me. And mm-hmm. so I'm dry, it would play, it showed up randomly on my playlist. Mm -hmm. And it started playing. I'm like, oh man, I haven't told anybody that I want this song to play at my funeral. I need to make sure like I write this down somewhere. Hmm. 
And I drive on my way back home. I get into a car accident, like almost where that song started on my playlist, which is just bizarre to me. And the minute I saw my passenger side colliding with the trailer of the semi truck, I remember bargaining with death. Like, please don't. I'm not ready. I'm not Mm. ready. And like, I got it down. I don't know if you call it down or whatever. Woo woo. I knew I wasn't going to die. Like, like at that moment, Mm. I knew I wasn't going to die. And so the car's flipping end over end. So I'm going forward somersaults. And I remember being inside the car, holding onto the steering wheel saying, okay, I need to relax. Mm. I need to breathe. I need to keep Mm -hmm. my fingers on the steering wheel and my head on the headrest. And I remember saying, okay, I have enough momentum. I'm going to roll again. I have enough momentum. I'm going to roll again. And I so I rolled three times and then the car started doing these sideways turns and then it eventually stopped in the median. And I remember thinking wow. like, okay, now I'm going to get hit. Like this is where it's good because of Hollywood, mm. like Hollywood's trained us. The accident's <laughs> never sure. over. Right. And instead an individual comes running to the car and peels back the um, windshield. And he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I remember thinking, I don't even know if I'm okay. And I don't want to look like I'm like, my body feels warm or whatever. And he looks at me and I close my eyes and I wiggled my fingers and toes. And I remember saying, I can feel my fingers and toes. I can feel <laughs> my fingers and toes. Like I'm okay. And he's yeah, like, yeah, okay, awesome. well, I'm just going to keep talking to you until the ambulance comes. So the wow. ambulance came, they took me to the hospital just to confirm nothing was wrong. Yeah. And I was released a few hours later, wow. came home, like saw my kids. And I just remember thinking like, that's like, they were, I almost had seven orphans. Like this is insanity. Wow. And yeah. And that just, I mean, everything. Yeah. I remember the next day, like, so it's December 19 and my kids are fighting and normally I'd be like, stop yeah. fighting, right, blah, right. blah, blah, sure. you know? And I just remember in that moment, sitting there watching in awe that I have two kids that are yeah. so passionate about whatever they're <laughs> passionate about. And they're trying to convince their other person that they love to feel yeah. the same way they do about X, Y, or Z thing. And right. I just remember thinking like, life is freaking magic. Are you wow. kidding me? Like, this is that, so cool. That's awesome. I mean, that's incredible that your perspective was changed so quickly yes. about how precious life is. So, so you were like physically totally fine from, I mean, no, no issues. Well, we thought I was, um, mm-hmm. so I was physically fine. And then about a couple of weeks later, I kept spiking a fever. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to the hospital cause it'd be like 105. And they're like, okay, no, it spikes again, come back. We couldn't figure it out. And finally, the third time I started getting like red spotches um, on my skin. Mm. And what had happened is the the seatbelt mm. had cut my breast implant, but I mm. had this gummy bear style breast implant. So it didn't okay. have a flat tire per se that you would if you had like liquid. Okay. And so the joke is I got a new lease on life. A new car and new boobs <laughs> from this accident. Like, what more can you ask for at my age? It was perfect. Win, win, win. Win, win, um, win. <laughs> wow. I mean, so yeah, we had your story. I mean, there's this part of your story reminds me of we had a Clint Fiore on the show a while back, and he had a plane crash, and it was a one. He was the only person. He was pl- flying a small Cessna, um, yeah. and crashed the plane, and and. I think he was around, he was around 20 years old at the time. And just, I remember him saying that just everything after that was, he just, not that he never has a bad day or never gets sucked into the same concerns or anxiety that we all deal with, but the rest of his life he sees as kind of gravy and this amazing blessing. Um, Yeah. It was a line in the sand. It was like every day after day was a bonus day. Yeah. And like my mind went from, I don't care what people think of me anymore mm. to how do I like, what happens if this is my last day? Like, what are the things that I want to do experience become, or like you lose the, you're not embarrassed. Like you're like, I mean, sure. you appreciate other people's opinions, but they no longer affect you. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well that's your choice. Someday I'm going to die. And I want to like be a beginner. I want to learn this. I want to try this. If I look like an idiot doing it, whatever, I got the experience. Like it all of a sudden yeah. becomes about the experience instead of the result. 
Yeah, that's interesting, and I and I think this is a, fun, a difficult line for everyone to, to for a lot of us to to walk. Is you know you have on one one extreme people who say like uh, you know just do you and and don't and I agree with that, but you know don't worry about what other people think. Well, if you take that too far, it's like okay, yeah. then you're not you're not actually loving other people. You don't you're you're literally just self absorbed and consumed with just being you know not caring what other, you know, how you can serve and impact other people, which I don't think is good. Right. But then yeah. on the other hand, if you're running around being a complete people pleaser, like you said, you never identify who you are and you don't have priorities. And and in the end, you're probably not going to live out your best life. Um, so yeah. How do you, how do you walk that line? I guess, uh, you know, cause yeah, you know, I have a story yeah. to go with that actually. That's okay. probably appropriate for right now. When I, I mean, I still own the investment service company and we do charitable contributions and do different things along that line. And, you know, I'm like, okay, we're doing good things. We're making an impact and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, I stepped into this mountaineering piece because of a series of events that kind of like got me to this space. And in general, mountaineering is considered a pretty selfish sport. I would say Mm. people ask from the outside. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's, I feel alive when I'm on the mountain. Mm. I feel myself. I feel like appreciative of nature and all these things and blah, 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 blah. Well, one of the mountains that I went to summit, a teammate passed away on the, like in an avalanche. Another one had an injury from frostbite. And I had the choice to continue up the mountain or to come back down. And when I was asked, I'm like, no, I'm going back down to take care of my team. And so I took care of my team and then the summit window closed. So I came back to the United States. My kids came home from camp a couple of days later and they're like, Hey mom, did you summit? Did you summit? I said, no, I didn't, but I had success. Like, what do you mean? Hmm. Like, you know, who we are as people is more important than what we achieve. And I didn't get to summit the mountain. I'll always be there, but I did get to show up as a teammate and take care of people during a hard time. And for sure. that, I'm proud of myself because I had the choice to do differently and I'm glad I showed up the way that I did. Yeah. I now, was I like grateful for the failure or the lack of the summit? No. Like for the <laughs> next nine months, I'm like reading in my head, what could we do different? How do I go back? What do I make safe? All these different questions. And it was hard to go back because there's a certain bliss or ignorance that you don't have when you go to a place the first time. Right. You, you sure. just have nothing to, yeah. you have nowhere to place it. Everything you're like, okay, well, this is what it is. Now I know what I'm getting into. I'm like, oh mm. my God, I got to go back to this place. Like, are you just kidding me? <laughs> this right. is like, it was hard. Like I was trying to get my motivation up, but I couldn't figure it out. And I had the failure before. And so that was haunting me and all these different things. And then about four weeks before I left, I got a phone call from somebody that said, hey, listen, I heard you're going to Pakistan to try K2 again. There's a female from Pakistan that would love to be able to try to climb her country's prized peak. She'd be the first one. She has no financial resources. She doesn't have the gear, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, like this aha moment came, like, this is why I failed. I would have never been able to be a Mm. part of this story if I didn't fail this first time. So I grabbed gear and all the different things. I came to Pakistan and I summited. Uh, And then 30 minutes later, the first Pakistani female stood on top of her country's prized peak. And to me, I have twin daughters. I know mm-hmm. how important it is for them to see people that look like them in places because it gives them permission to dream of that possibility. I kept thinking like how many Muslim little girls throughout this world mm. now get to see somebody that looks like them on top of one of the deadliest mountains in the world. Wow. That is and- fantastic. You know, and it's just one of those things where there is a balance, like you need to do you. Yeah, absolutely. And by doing you, you still have to be aware of how you're showing up or how you're impacting or ways that you can make a difference. And I just remember thinking like, I could have donated all the money in the world that my other company has generated and it would not Mm -hmm. have the impact that this story did. And so it's just, it allows me permission. And I hope you hearing this gives yeah. you permission to say, let me do me. And in that pursuit, let me elevate others. That's a, that's a fantastic story and a fantastic explanation of, of, uh, 
exactly how to walk that that line. It's uh yeah, it is it is complicated. You know, it's not just a clear cut answer, but that is a fantastic way of yeah, you weren't happy that you failed the first time. Um it's very difficult to see the perspective that you ended up gaining over time and with hindsight. Um, but you were able to see that, uh, that, that, that quote unquote failure was actually part of your, ended up being part of your success story. And, and really more than that, your impact story, um, internationally. And that, that's just awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... Right. And like, and I tell people this when I give speeches and things, you know, we need to wave our flag. It's fun to wave our flag on top of a mountain because it's like, here I am. I succeeded. This is fantastic. <laughs> right. But yeah. when you wave your flag throughout your entire pursuits, you're signaling to the world, here's where I am, here's what I need, here's how I can help. And then all of a sudden, the universe gets to glom onto you and the community gets to build around whatever you're doing and use each other to make more possible. And so where you are, if you're suffering right now from a failure or a setback or an obstacle, wave your flag. And understand your climb's not done. That's great. That's awesome. So, um, and when was when was this? Uh, when did what year was this that you? Uh, so I failed in twenty twenty one, and I summited yeah. in twenty twenty two. It's awesome. Well, so you didn't uh, didn't let the pandemic shut you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the interesting thing about stepping into this whole quest, right? Is I, you know, twenty nineteen was the year of like, why am I here? Yeah. 2020, I was turning 40. So I decided I wanted to climb a mountain for my 40th birthday. So I, you know, I'm like, that's going to launch my decade and this is going to be blah, 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 blah. And so I asked friends that were into mountaineering, if you could climb one mountain in the whole world, like anywhere, what mountain would you climb? And the general consensus back was a mountain named Ama Dablam. It's mm. a mountain located in Nepal over by mm. the Himalayas on the track mm -hmm. to Everest. It's the Paramount Pictures logo, and okay. it meant the mother's necklace. I'm like, oh, this okay. is perfect. Like, I have seven kids. Like, I'm like, this is yeah, my yeah. mom. So right. I'm starting to train for Ama de Blom, and then COVID hits the scene. Mm. And now all of a sudden, I'm a homeschool teacher to seven yes. children, and I'm not traveling anywhere, right? <laughs> sure. And the funny thing is, is so I'm doing homeschooling work with one of my sons, and he's crying and complaining about his math. And I'm like, trying to give him the pep talk. We do hard things. You've got this. Right. And he looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, he goes, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest? <laughs> I said, sweetheart, wow. it's Ama de Blom, not I'm a dumb blonde, but That's thank you. Amazing. <laughs> so you finish your yeah. homework. We'll look at Everest. And so he did. And then we did. And then he went to bed and I remember thinking to myself, why not Everest? Like if hmm. this is the mountain that he thinks is the biggest, baddest, best mountain in the whole world, if yeah. I climb it, I give him permission to climb whatever his Everest is. And so yes. then I, by the end of the week, I had a coach training me for Amadablam and Everest whenever they open, if they should open. And then that coach gave me a book to train to become an uphill athlete because I'm not an uphill. I mean, I wasn't really a climber. Mm -hmm. And in the front of the book, there was a story of a lady who got a Guinness world record for doing something in the Alps. And I just remember like calling my coach saying, I could have done that. Like I could have gotten that Guinness world record. My kids would think I'm cool. They learned how to read on those <laughs> books. And right now they hate me and I just want to be a cool mom. And yeah. the coach took it as a challenge. He's like, we'll think of something. I'm like, oh, okay, but no pumpkins <laughs> and I'm not speed eating hot dogs. So we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> and, and then he called back like a few weeks later and he goes, Jen, Jen, I have the perfect record for you. I'm like, okay, what is it? He goes, I think you should climb the seven second summits. I'm like, I don't even, what are the, like, I don't even know what, what are those? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, they're the second highest point on each continent. It's only been done by one male. They're harder than the first seven. So they're respected amongst peers in the mountaineering community. Mm. Yeah, like I said, they haven't been done by a woman. And he goes, and get this, seven continents, seven mountains, seven kids. It sounds like a jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. And so then I started looking at it with my kids. I'm like, hey, let's yeah. look, let's see. And I'm like, you know what? This would be a cool way to explore the world, to experience myself and make impact. And so I said, yes. And that's how that whole expedition started. And I just got the world record in June of this year. That is amazing. I mean, congrats to you. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks. And I love that, you know, it's, is mountaineering a selfish sport? I mean, I guess, I mean, any individual sport, I guess I would say is, is like that, you know, but yeah, but you've ended up having such, now you're such an example and you, you create such an impact. It's, it's really not, it's no longer about just you. And I don't mean to put down yeah. your accomplishments. No, 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 no. I don't even think of it as my goal. <laughs> like I literally think yeah. that I said, Hey universe, I'll do this thing. So that everybody knows what's possible. And it just came through me. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, we talk on the show about, you know, it's definitely a common theme as far as just kind of trying to navigate, you know, when to focus on yourself and when to um, kind of use, be, be, show up as your best self to serve others. And certainly there's kind of almost like a rubber band effect where sometimes you've got to go inward and focus more on yourself, get your own stuff together, work on becoming the best version of yourself. But at the end of the day, to get through adversity and to get to, abundance and to, to really live out what I would say, you know, is, is what you're called to be or what, what we're all meant to be. You've got to end up focusing on, on others. And, you know, like you've already done, what's, what's my purpose? Who am I here to serve and who am I here to impact? Um, so briefly talk about your, your financial services companies. What was, this is all the, the company's kind of going on in the background or, or what does that look like while all this yeah, is happening? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, for sure, right? So I had hired myself out of a job. And so I run the the numbers and things like that. But mm -hmm. um, when I moved to Utah, that was already in play. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that business, I mean, that's a story. To, we all have these stories, right? And what do yeah. you remember? You remember all the mistakes and the things that went wrong or the things that you had to let go of so that what could unfold could unfold. Um, I worked for a company out of college right away. I remember mm -hmm. showing up on my first day being like, hi, I'm Jen. I'm the new financial advisor. And they're like, oh, Jen, great. Here you go. Here's a phone and a phone book and like, go sit over there. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm the financial advisor. I'm not a like call center person. And right, like, right, right. Actually, it's the same it's, thing. <laughs> like, right. it's a, um, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> so I just remember like in the beginning there, I graduated from college a year early because a friend of mine graduated a year ahead of me. And he's like, listen, you're expensive. I'm taking a job at this financial firm. They have another space. You should like try to get out of college and go. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll do it. I didn't like do any research, nothing, right? I was so naive sure. and stupid. Um, <laughs> I just remember going to my college. They're like, okay, well, you need to do these things, but we can get you done this summer if you slam all this stuff in. I'm like, okay, perfect. And then I remember going to my parents, hey, I'm going to graduate early. I got this job offer and blah, 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 blah. My parents just said, okay, listen, if you take this job, you have to stick with it for a year, no matter what, because mm -hmm. you're young and you need to look like, hey, I'm serious, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fair enough. So I take this job, I show up, and for the first three weeks, I cry every single day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've never heard no so many times in my right. life yeah. ever, let alone all in a day. And then I like, I literally try, I was scared of my parents. My kids are not scared mm. of me. I wish they were. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> calling them to say like, I'm quitting my job was not yeah. an option. Not I'd an rather option. die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I called college. Like, is there any more courses I can take? And maybe I can't start this <laughs> career. They're like, no, you graduated. You're done. I'm like, okay. And so I realized like, this was a cool thing. I realized, okay, I committed to this. Yeah. So I'm here for a year. So mm -hmm. I can either cry for the next 12 yeah. months of my life, or I can sure. figure out how to make this as fun as possible, knowing that it's only a year. I love right? that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And just real quickly, that's one of the things I think that's challenging for people to, to navigate is when do you quote unquote quit uh, and and back up and or pivot and change course or when do you just put your head down and and you know move forward so sounds like you know you saw the fact that okay a year is not really that long you can do this you've committed to this so make the best of it um so how did that year go for you <laughs> so the company that i worked for was the master of people of my personality so they'd put your stats 
on the wall. And so everybody okay. knew where everybody stood. And mm-hmm. I was this hyper competitive human. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. That human over there is not going to be ahead of me. That's cute. Right. <laughs> and so that was helpful. And then also realizing like I had, like we were all in it together. So we could either like pit ourselves against each other or we could try to have yeah. fun together. Sure. And then the idea was, okay, we're not spending energy on whether we're going to do this or not. That's already been decided. Right. So now we get to put our energy into how do we make this fun? Yeah. And, and so like anybody who's listening, once you commit yeah. to the commitment, now yeah. you have the energy to say like, okay, this is what I'm doing. How do I make it fun? Because yeah. that's what's going to make the time go by faster than anything else. Absolutely. And so we bought like stuff, like, you know, those little pop guns that would have like a foam ball at the end that was attached to a string. Yeah. So we, I, I bought those about. pop guns where then anytime someone hung up on me, I killed them with my gun. I, like I shot <laughs> the gun and then I get the little sponge ball back on. I do the next yeah. dial, I shot the gun. And like, so then at least we were even, he wasn't ahead of me. Right. <laughs> well, and you then made it he, a game. You made it we a made game. A game. We know? gamified yeah. everything. Like everything yeah. was a game. And yeah. then you realized like, I mean, I grew up middle class. All of a sudden yeah. I realized like if I got 97 no's, that means mm-hmm. I got three yeses, which means I got one client, which means I made $3,000. So all of a sudden you started turning these no's into money. Mm. You're like, okay, well, there's money, there's money, there's money, there's sure. money. And then like that gave you the momentum to continue. And then yeah. we did silly things where it's like, Okay, whoever lost had to buy pizza for the group, or we bought in mirrors because you could hear a smile over the phone and like all that stuff. Yeah. Made me realize when you're doing something, who you are with matters more than the thing you're doing. Right. So surround yourself with like people that can make it fun, like take off the load, help you out, build you up, like all that thing. And then like you, once you start getting momentum, like start playing off that momentum. I mean, I was the number one first year advisor. I made more money my first year out of college than my parents made combined. <laughs> right. And I wow. was like, oh my God. And like the nice thing about financial services is mm-hmm. that you knew the industry worked, it'd been around. So it sure, wasn't a yeah. question whether the industry yeah. works, it was a question right. of whether you worked. And then the yeah. reality is, is like those industries take time. Yes. Well, when you are, in, right. So then it's just like this time game and most people just extinguish because they don't have the endurance. Mm-hmm. Well, we were forced to work so many hours, like it would not be allowed today. But back then <laughs> we were forced yeah. to work so many hours that you did two years of work in one year. Wow. So then yeah. your success happened faster. So then you had sure. this momentum and then you're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. And then it's and like it a hockey just, stick of success. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. And it's just keeping it in, in perspective. And yeah, it, and uh, you were, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, how I, when I went back in the day, I, I was in the military, went through basic training and then officer candidate school. Basic training was brutal. I mean, it was like, it was, um, you know, just not not fun. But then officer candidate school, which theoretically was harder and, and was longer instead of nine weeks, it was 14 weeks. And, you know, this isn't meant to be a, you know, a podcast about me, but man, it's, uh, it was so much more fun and more productive than basic training had been. And that was because of the people. And we decided to work together as a team and, and it was just amazing. The difference objectively speaking, it should have been harder than basic training, but it just wasn't. And it was just, it was so much better because of the people that I was with. And, um, so anyway, yeah, that's a, a, something I can relate, uh, you know, to your story. So I guess now, um, so as far as your financial services business now, that's kind of very much in the background. It's not something that you're, you're heavily involved with now, right? It's really not. It's really not yeah. like like gotcha. the, the nice thing about that and everybody that's listening, if you can build a business that gives you a strong financial foundation, yeah, you get to have more careers in your life. You get to do different things and explore different ways and all these things. So right now yeah. I have that financial foundation that allows me 
to play and to say like, Hey, I want to get into motivational speaking, or I wrote a book about the climbs and wanted to take lessons from the climbs and help people figure out how that applies to their daily life. And I just get to have impact another way because I built the foundation. So when you're building a business, maybe it's not your favorite career or your end all be all, but -hmm. if it gives you a solid foundation to be able to do other things later, we have a Mm -hmm. whole lifetime to do this (laughs) stuff, not just you know, a decade. Absolutely. You're hitting on several key points that I often, you know, visit, if you will. Um, You know, one is that we don't necessarily, you shouldn't necessarily just follow your passion. This is just my opinion. I mean, definitely you should do something you, that you're not hating every, every single day, but, but your passion wasn't making cold calls to pitch people on financial services, right? And but you did it because you were committed to it. You you had committed to it, and because there was an opportunity there to serve other people, not because it made you happy in the moment. And so, you know, but now you're able to really do both. You're kind of combining your passions with serving other people. So it's where that opportunity meets what you love to do. But you've only you're only able to do that because you established that foundation, like you said. So how would you earlier you mentioned you know you achieved financial success and you weren't satisfied. Um, What would you say about the importance of financial abundance or uh, just money as a whole? You know, I mean, I, I I don't mean to sound like a greedy Scrooge, but money matters. Absolutely. Yep. I I just, I'm sorry. I believe money matters. It allows you to contribute and support things you care about. It allows yeah. you to have financial flexibility to experience things you desire to experience. And right. it, I mean, it, it's a way of the universe measuring impact. It's energy. You put energy yeah. out. It's the way that you get energy back. And so yeah. for me, once you get that baseline covered to whatever that looks like for yourself, now you, like, I mean, it's like anything, right? Like if you have, we're able to go harder, farther, faster, quicker, when we mm-hmm. have a solid foundation underneath us, make yeah. that foundation underneath us slippery, then the whole house of cards just feels wobbly all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know when I'm starting to feel wobbly because my decisions aren't the way that I want them to feel. Mm-hmm. I'm making decisions that don't like, ah, am I making, I like to make, I like to have so much money in the bank because that allows me to make decisions that feel good to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like trying to Rob Peter to pay Paul or do whatever. So absolutely, I don't know. I just feel yeah. finances no, are with super you. important. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The way I view money is it's extremely important. It's it's not inherently good or evil, but it's super important, and you should not ignore it. And and you know, people who say oh, money is not important, money doesn't bring happiness or whatever. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think that's a cop out. You know, and and it's just. Um, an excuse to not, not work to, you know, make more money and make a bigger impact and be the best version of yourself. So it's definitely important. It shouldn't be the end all be all the end game, but it's, it's very important. So I've got some uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready for those? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Jen. Um, What is one thing that people misunderstand about you? Oh, I, I have, I'm called junk food, Jenny. Okay. Like people look at me and they're like, oh, you're the healthiest human. You only make good decisions and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, if you knew how many sweet teeth I have in this mouth, you'd be shocked. That's a good one. Um, What is one of your biggest failures or regrets? Something we haven't mentioned that you'd love to have a do-over with? Um, I wish like I could, you know, I go back to my younger self and be, hey, everything's okay. Have more fun, Mm. relax, breathe a little, play a little, get in trouble. Like I was so like, I was like the kid who didn't want to get in trouble. I would tell myself to go get in trouble. Just who cares? Mm. Just be, uh, be a little more forgiving or easier on yourself. Yeah, that's good. So if you could give your 18 year old self some additional advice besides what you just said, uh, what would that be? Um, like take the semester abroad. Okay. It was like a big debate. I wish I would have done the semester abroad earlier. Just to get more life experience. It's more life experience, right? Like, sure. Do the gap year. You don't need, you know, you can say that now because you have success, but then you're yeah. so afraid of not having success. Like yeah. if I knew it would play out this way, I'd be like, take a year, let sure. it be, and then go. Yeah, absolutely. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would that be? 
Oh, Harriet Tubman. Okay. I, think, I, <laughs> I did a report we've... on her in like third grade and she okay. did so much for like slavery and taking that risk of her life to like free people. And just, yeah. I want to know what it was like to be that human. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't had that answer. That's a great one. If you were given $10 million tomorrow, Jen, what would you do with it? No strings attached. Invest it. Yeah. Yeah. What would, you, what would you invest in? Um, I would, you know, diversify the portfolio. I'd have real estate. I'd have regular stock. I'd have private equity and then use the proceeds to make more possible. Awesome. I love that. Um, with your business and, uh, you know, what, what, all the things you have going on on the professional side right now, what's the challenge that you're facing? Oh, this book. <laughs> I thought my challenge was writing the book. Now yeah. I have the book. The challenge is marketing the book and getting the book out there. So yeah. that's just like, it's a new formula that I don't know. And it's been a challenge figuring it out. Yeah. So talk about the book a little bit. What's the the name of the book and when is the, when's it coming out? Yeah. So the book is called Quit Proof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. It takes lessons from the mountain and then applies them to your everyday life and business and personal. Um, I love it. Like, I'm so excited about sharing it with people, but yeah. I didn't realize that just because I'm a big reader, it doesn't mean the universe is full of a bunch of readers. So it comes out January 24. It can be pre-ordered now, and then we give a bunch of freebies with it. But nice. yeah, just interesting awesome. how you can put so much energy into something and realize Maybe, you know, there's a few people that care outside of my mom, but maybe not as many as I thought. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a podcast too. Um, yeah. What's yeah, what's yeah. the name of the, your podcast? My podcast is called Seek Your Summit. And it interviews people that have had success that are now on that phase of significance and just walking yeah. through that story and then how they've gotten to the other side and what that looks like for them now. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I can I can relate on a, you know, a lot of ways as far as just you do all this work and you, and, the, and this, there's this grand, uh, you know, um, you'll experience this in January, probably on some level, I would guess. I mean, I, I hope that, you know, that everybody rushes out to get the book. Don't get me wrong, but you put all this work into this launch and then it's like, now what? <laughs> right, right. You're like, uh, and now it's done. <gasps> okay. I actually, just to give you some, I heard this, this isn't necessarily a hundred percent factual, but I heard this on a podcast the other day about um, nonfiction books and that it takes six years for them to peak in sales on average. So, okay. um, yeah. A marathon, but, uh, I'm in. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So time is on your side, but it, it definitely looks like you're doing it the, the right way and putting the, you know, taking a professional approach and doing it, uh, doing it well. So I'm, I'm excited to get a copy of the book and buy, buy the book and read it. That'll be awesome. Thank you. Um, speaking of books, what is another book that you could recommend for our listener? You know, I mean, it's a classic, right? The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Absolutely. Great book. book. Great book. Yes. And now yes. they have versions for adolescents and different things, and it's just been helpful. Awesome. Um, what is one question that I haven't asked you, Jen, that you wish I had? What do you like best about your life today? I think that's um, a, like, we're always yeah. asking questions yeah. of like, what's the future like, or what's the past sure. like? And yeah. I have teenagers and the thing I always try to ask them is like, what do you like best about your life today? So it gets them aware of their present situation and not always yeah. worried about applying to colleges and all these next steps. That's great. So what do you so like I, best about your life today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I'm here, like on this podcast, and I have a fan. We have a weekend coming up that I get to spend time with my family, and so I'm just grateful for today. Absolutely, I love it. No, I, I know I get caught in always looking to the next thing, and then you know, eventually looking back to see what what went well, what went wrong, you know, but not really appreciating the the present moment enough. So that's great okay. advice. Um, what else? What's what besides the book and your podcast? What else do you have on the on the horizon? Yeah, come to the website. So jendrummond.com. I run these little challenges every quarter because it holds me accountable for different aspects of my life. Um, the one coming up in October is a parenting connection challenge. I have an intention nice. challenge in January. 
an Everest challenge in April, where we climb Everest from the comfort of our home, and then a leadership challenge in July. And again, those are just things that I do for myself and I made them available so other people can participate. Yeah. So do you have a, I know you serve a lot of different types of people. Is there like an ideal sort of avatar or client uh, that you really truly like to serve the most? Yeah. Like me five years ago, right? Like that, okay. that's who I, I like people who yeah. are ambitious, outgoing, driven, yeah. that need permission to slow down and like enjoy what they have instead of always Absolutely. being in the pursuit. Um, so that kind of seems to be the audience that I resonate with because I can see myself in them. And it reminds me of one, how far I've come and two, like, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it. Love it. I know a lot of entrepreneurs get caught in that. Uh, they need, they need a reminder that it's okay to slow down and yeah, appreciate right? Life. I mean, it's because we don't like that feeling. It's just too wobbly. We're like, we like momentum. <gasps> yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome, Jen. So jendrummond.com, Jen with two N's. Um, anything else we, we should cover before we hop off? No, I just appreciate today. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you, audience, for listening in. Absolutely. But Jen, thank you so much for your time. This has been great. Um, and to the listener out there, thank you for your spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Investors, have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S.com. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, inspiring stories of mental, physical, and financial transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.